Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower here with the Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence for the WIBR Warren Radio Network to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Pure Social, Spreely, Linktree, and you can also get on warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com to listen to our shows and download them and pass them along to your friends. You'll also find the Warren Radio on the following website streamers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and leave a good comment on the shows where you heard us as your interaction helps us. And go to warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com for the following posts. Logos, Word of Truth. We look at this and the Word of Truth given. We also look further into the Logos, Rhema, and other truths when all this. And Maximum Overdrive Christianity. It goes beyond mere Christianity into the realm of the supernatural to find the source of your redemption and let the power fill you to move beyond what you could ever hope to do for the Lord. Also, Heaven's Victory in Jesus' Name. Heaven's Victory in Jesus' Name is a phrase that delivers to us victory today. Christ did not come to deliver you tomorrow or next week from your sins. And don't miss the testimony and faith of Jesus Christ. The faith and testimony of Jesus Christ at this time of the end Many will not come to Christ to find life eternal. However, he that hears this word and believes passes from death to life. Go to warn-usa.com for the following post. The Light, the Judgment, and the Word For many Christians in the West, this cost is something they have never known except in reports or movies. That cost for Wang Yi was the gospel, the light of the Lord, and the message is viewed as a savor of death to the communist Chinese government and a threat. And go to DanaGlennSmith.com for the highway of our God. The highway of our God is a pursuit. Governments of men have their agendas. Here, the Lord God called the end from the beginning. Be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danaglennsmith.com where you can also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop on 
where we feature Christian books and other resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to WARN Radio on the WIBR WARN Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. We're through this week, almost. Tomorrow's Friday. Yay. Through, almost through the month as well. I know. This is just amazing to me. You know, you know, when we bring up that we've been doing this for over two decades, I mean, and that sounds like a long time. It is. But it went by like... Uh, two years yeah and one good thing about it probably the best thing it's one day closer to the return of the lord well you know when you look around and as you grow older everything changes you know and you know the things that were familiar to me were when my parents were alive and the things that i was taught by them and the life that we had back then and i mean everything was just totally different than it is today you don't even recognize today no you you really don't and uh and likewise you you take the succeeding generations you know those kids of parents like you and i um they have certain things that they got used to. But really, you know, there's just this, uh, what's this final generation? Is this Z or X or what is it? Uh, Might be Y. No, I'm not sure. Maybe Z. Because you were studying that. Yeah, for work. Yeah. Well, at any rate, I mean, you look at the problems this generation has. I mean, the ones that are out there now, not the little bitty ones, but the ones that are... Um, that were born... Uh, 70s, maybe? 80s? 80s, 90s. Yeah, 90s. Well, if they were, bo- if they were born in t- 2000... They would still be 20 years old for crying out loud. Yeah. That's hard to believe. 21, 20, Yeah, 21. And, and a lot of the kids that are causing trouble are in that age group. They are. You know. So at any rate, yes, we are in... Well, this is an exciting episode. Yeah, this is special. Tonight is part 100 of Isaiah's prophetic book. So that, that 100 signifies 100 on-air hours, part 100. 
but it does not signify in any way the total hours that we spent, that I spent bringing you those hundred hours. And uh, so you could probably triple that. Yeah. Easily. So it, it's, you know, and we're going to be done with this. We're more than halfway through. Good well, that's Lord, exciting. Yeah. Good Lord willing in the creek don't rise. And I like Isaiah. I this, do too. I've been, you know, uh, the Lord put it in my heart a long time ago, and I, I just never went there. <laughs> just, nope, I, I'm not ready. And all of a sudden, you know, I got ready. Yeah, that's amazing how that works, huh? Yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to do it, you know. And so that's like Jeremiah saying he, he wasn't going to speak out about the Lord, but the fire of the Lord was in him and he couldn't help it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to shut up, huh? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw my spirit, you know, some fire and you ain't going to be able to hold it in. Kind of funny. It is. So... I, I couldn't hold it in, he said. So tonight, I will deliver. I will deliver brings to the table of God's deliverance of Judah from the Assyrians. But the king was going to die. The prophet Isaiah gave the message to the king. In these troubles, the king repented, sought God, and the Lord ended up being the deliverer. And now, back to you. Yes, we're going to get into this. Uh, this is the... The last chapter of this, we're going to, uh, uh, chapter 37, Hezekiah sought Ezekiel's, I mean, uh, has, uh, Isaiah's help. And this one is about Hezekiah's sickness and recovery. Now, this is a special section that Isaiah put in there. Actually, this whole bunch, because he had already written the prophecy out and everything and this of course as we brought up was probably more than likely got back to the Assyrians which is why they came in here because God was going to use them uh, you know in, in Judah well see they already know about carrying um, the Israelites uh, captive because they carried the northern tribes captive Sargon was the one that did that but, uh, you know, when they came up and started making statements, they were all wrong in their assumptions. And uh, so this this is usually the way it is. When the wicked starts moving and they're going to have their heyday, God allows them to think that, uh, you know, they're going to just clean up and then, then they're destroyed because they gather all their stuff. And it's quite... Uh, when you read about what the Lord says about Jerusalem, about bringing them all down there to judge them, he says this in more than one place. Um, and so that's why when we look at Jerusalem, we see it as a center point for Armageddon. So, And it's just an amazing thing how God does it. I will bring them down there. I will drag them. I will bring them with a hook, whatever. you know. And so this is this shows you the sovereignty of God. <clears throat> and so, you know, the thing that uh, is interesting about Hezekiah, because when we go through there, it's it's hard to picture. Well, see, Hezekiah reigned actually for 29 years. So even if he was told that he's going to die, which he was, um, you know, that's a long time for a king. And this is a long time for Judah. 
And he was a good king, and he brought in reforms, and he ruled 29 years. But 15 of those years that he ruled are within the quarter and time frame of the Assyrian threat and demise. Because uh, <clears throat> what you have is by the time you get to this point, where you have Sennacherib coming up against Judah, and this is his demise. And he's killed in his own land, as we covered before. But see, what happens is, is that his son, Esar, had and takes over, and it's, he's the last king, and that's the downfall of the Assyrian kingdom. Now, uh, when we talk about Hezekiah's sickness, the, the one issue that comes up, was it before or after the invasion? And, uh, and actually, we can find a verse that kind of points it out. But in Josephus Antiquities uh, 10, uh, 2.1, and Josephus is a guy that I, I go to all the time in as far as uh, Jewish history. And he says that the sickness occurred soon after the destruction of the army of Sennacherib. And I would go with that. Now another guy, Purdue, uh, places the sickness before the invasion of the Assyrians. And I can't even see that. I just, I, you know. And, uh, and so Kyle and DeLeach made a note. He said... He wept aloud because it was a dreadful thing to him to have to die without an heir to the throne. In the full strength of his manhood, in the 39th year of his age, and with the nation in so unsettled a state. Well, see, even if you see here that the Assyrians are destroyed, it's still unsettled. Because, you know, you got to clean up, re reform everything, get everybody working again. you got to clean up the fields from the... Because uh, when you talk about a big army, they're going to go through the fields and ruin them. And there was other places that was pillaged as well. And they never got to pillage Jerusalem. They just waited outside to siege it. And uh, so th the bottom line of it is, is that in this, this is opening the way for another another enemy and when you see that enemy you don't know it's going to be an enemy now we do today because we know the history but Babylon's going to be introduced in chapter 39 now why Hezekiah did what he did um, when he when he did that we will discuss those things but uh, I mean it's just you know Babylon was going to be the next one but see the thing of it is is that we have been talking about this that this was actually uh, one of those little uh, real life examples of God telling the nation that he's their source that they need to follow him they need to look to him and not turn away to the right or the left it's a good lesson for for Christians we got one source here, the Lord. And so he, he, here you are. And the situation with Assyria was real. And it was really upsetting and bothersome. They had Isaiah there, the prophet. So they knew that he was a true, true life, true to God prophet. 
and what he said came to pass. So when he told them that you don't have to worry, you know, they still had to live it out. They still had to watch them because they didn't know how God was going to deliver them. Uh, and, of course, they didn't know that an angel was going to strike the army all dead. Now, of course, there's some question as to the the functional manner of how the angel did it, but I don't worry about that, you know. I mean, it's, it's just like Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. Uh, the two angels, you know, told uh, Lot and his family that uh, we can't destroy this until you leave. So we got to get you out of here. And uh, whether they did it or, or, you know, they had nature do it or whatever, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it happened. They knew it was coming and, and it happened. So uh, in Isaiah 38, 1, it says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Now, I've met a lot of so-called prophets in my life. But I've met one guy who was the only Jewish prophet that I got to know. And uh, he told me the story that he had to do that with the guy. The Lord told him, you go tell him that he needs to set his house in order that he's going to die. And so we did. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's not many modern day prophets that would do that. But at any rate. So this is the kind of prophet that Isaiah was. You know, you're going to die. This is what the Lord says. Well, of course, that's not going to make you feel good. You're, you're sick anyway. It, but see, I've been a maintainer when we talk about death here. Now, let's get something straight. The I, modern idea of death is, is really unappealing. And I suppose if you say unappealing... You would say, well, of course it is. Well, see, for the Christian, we look to the next life with the Lord. Uh, but the thing of it is, if you look back at the patriarchs, look back at Moses, for example. And, you know, when it was time for them to die, they were told. They were told, you know, you go up, you're going to die, you know. And they go up in the mountain somewhere, hide, and they die. And, and I believe truly that that's, that's the God thing. I, I believe that that would be God's perfect will. Not dying of sickness, not dying of boredom, not dying of suicide, but you work, you work under the Lord, you're blessed of him, you know him, and as you get older, it's time for you to go meet your maker. And he says, okay, you, you know, you go out and you go out in the prairie and lay down, you're going to die. And uh, and you die. That's the way it was back then. And so, when we talk about a relationship with the Jews and the Lord, it, it <clears throat> was an intensive relationship. Because if you messed around, of course, this is the Old Covenant, this is the law. You know, one little thing, and that, that was it. You know, you could you could really make a mess of things real real quick and if you make god mad you know i mean here he's he sent away the assyrians but what if hezekiah hadn't been there 
what if, uh, you know, some other wicked king was in there? They would have been destroyed. But see, this is the thing. They weren't. There was a good king there, and God had moved in his heart, but yet it was still time to bring him home. So this says, well, why would God bring, you know, a good king home early? Why, why didn't they, he just bless him with more life? But the thing that I like about this is, is Hezekiah's response. It's the same kind of response he did when he was uh, confronted with the army of Sennacherib and the letter from Rabshakeh. He spread it out before the Lord, you know, and he's laying it out there and talking to the Lord about it. And it's as if the Lord is reading, reading the letter with him. And I like that because that's faith. You know, and I've done that when I've prayed about a particular issue. Well, this is what they're saying. And you lay it out and you pray that. And you say, Lord, this is what they're saying. And, and I need help here and whatever, you know. And, and he laid it out. And literally... <laughs> And see, that's faith. And so now here he is. Let me see if I can get down here because I've got some other scriptures to read read about this. And verse 2 says, Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord. Now you see, the thing of it is, Hezekiah was sick in bed. And he would have had attendance there. So the only way to get any kind of of privacy was to turn to the wall it's kind of interesting when we say turn to the wall because there was a time uh, when Jordan controlled Jerusalem and I told this story some time ago and th there was and it was Ari of Mao's Israel is the one telling the story he's um, he's retired now he still works with Mao's Israel but he left and moved to Israel he was an American uh, and uh, at any rate, he says they went to the wall with a bunch of pastors and others uh, in Jerusalem. This is before Israel was even there. And at the time, it was controlled by Jordan. And one of the preachers started praying at the wall for, for, for Israel. <laughs> and the guards liked to have a conniption fit. You can't do that here. There's nobody praying unto Jehovah God at this wall. Nobody's allowed. And the, right there. You know, when when Ari said that, you knew that the Jordanians feared the Lord God. You don't pray to him. And this is the same thing that happened when the Jews came out of Egypt. And God had moved, you know, against Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should let Israel go? Well, he found out. Uh, it, Egypt was pretty much destroyed. And, uh, of course... Pharaoh was made a fool of, and he's supposed to be God, you know. So at any rate, now, let's go back. And we pick up the story now in 2 Kings. And uh, 2 Kings 20, 1 through 11. And it's really important to get other, uh, other scriptures in here. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came unto him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. 
Now, see, you got to have compassion. Now, see, for those people that just think these are stories and made up, you're not going to have compassion. But, see, I believe this is the literal word of God. I believe that Isaiah was a true, honest-to-God Jewish prophet. I believe Jehovah God was involved in this personally. And I believe without a doubt Hezekiah there was on that sickbed, deathly ill. He knew it. They were trying to heal him. And then he gets this news. He wants to get well because he wants to fix things. He's always been a fixer. He tore down all the high places and the godless things that was around him that were there when the other king was there. But, and it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Now see, I like this too. This is like the Lord God is right there. You know, and, and this is the thing we need to understand as Christians. You know, we have a covenant with the Lord God through Yahshua. He died on the cross for our sins. We have his spirit. We are the temple of God. God in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, his spirit in us. And when you're crying out to the Lord, you're not reaching to heaven on the other side of the universe. God is here. He's with you. God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Yahshua was. He was God with us. And then he says, I have to go away because if I go not away, I can't send the Spirit. The Spirit of God. It's important. And so... Here Isaiah is leaving. He gave his message and the Lord said, Just a minute, Isaiah. You need to go back. Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people. Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father. Hezekiah goes directly back to David. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. So there's three days, and on the third day he's to rise. Now, even if he doesn't feel like it, he's to rise. This is called faith. And go into the house of the Lord where he's going to meet with God. And he says, and I'll add unto thy days 15 years. And I will deliver thee in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I'll defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Now see, we already have his other prayer that he prayed regarding uh, the list from Rabshakeh. Now see, this part comes at a later time right now dealing with Isaiah the prophet chose to have this come out in this manner. Because now, by looking at 2 Kings, along with Isaiah, we know that here he was told that 
I'm going to deliver thee. I'm going to heal you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And that tells us that Hezekiah was already dealing with the Assyrians. And they had already made their threats. And then he gets sick. Well, this would have been devastating. And so then Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. And they took it and laid it on the boil and he recovered. Now, I'm a big one and so's Tower for looking at real true remedies, home remedies. And essential oils and foods and various other things. So I wanted to look up this. And this particular thing is known as a carbuncle, which I've heard as a boy. I've heard of carbuncles. There is severe abscess, which um, is full of infection. Uh, multiple boils in the skin. Uh, and here it says, typically infected with Staphylococcus bacteria. So it's real pussy. And other names are boils, blisters, sores, abscess, uh, pistule, you know, it's full of pus, pimple, spot, wart, whatever. I've never seen a wart like that, but these are other synonyms you can use. And so the usual remedy in the East, even at the present day for ordinary boils, um, is a lump of figs. But such a remedy would not naturally cure the dangerous tumor or carbuncle from which Hezekiah suffered. Thus, the means used in this miracle were a means of having a tendency toward the result performed by them, but insufficient of themselves to produce that result. In other words, it took the hand of God along with a lump of figs. And there's a number of other things. Uh, comfrey, for instance, is really good. We grow comfrey in our yard, and you can take that. You can uh, mix it in a pestle and motor with a little bit of water, and you can put it right on something that's infected. And uh, comfrey will remove that. Comfrey, you can also make comfrey tea. And you got to be careful how you use it, but you can use it as a cleanser for your liver and stuff. But you got to be very careful. These are strong things. So these are... A look at this. Now see, this does not mean that the lump of figs will, but that's what he was saying. That's the act of faith. Put the lump of figs on it. It's still going to take this. So the minute he went, got up, he had to get up. He had to have faith, eat no matter how he felt. And uh, it doesn't say that he felt bad, but, you know, I've, I've fought sickness in my life when the Lord first called me. And I, I had a lot of... A lot of issues and uh, there was no doctor around to heal me I walked around my house with the Word of God shouting it out loud commanding it to be gone declaring it healed and I did that for months until it disappeared totally and I haven't had problems since now see you have to understand about divine healing there is divine healing and we see miracles today all the time but see in this case there is a systematic way that God wanted it done he was to get up after three days well Yahshua was resurrected on the third day there's the Trinity Father Son and Holy Spirit that's three 
So number three, I mean, you can get into a little bit of number stuff here and understand that that's pretty important after the third day. And it's important part is you get up and you go. And on the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days fifteen years. I will deliver thee in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And David, you know, the Lord said that David was a man after his own heart. And many people remember him for adultery with Bathsheba. And, and you know, I, I've studied the whole whole part in there. But see, Solomon came out of that union because God had accepted Bathsheba in the final analysis. David did repent. But God had sent the prophet to tell David that God isn't going to require his life because there was blood guilt involved. And so it's interesting to see. You see, folks, when God wants to redeem us, he knows we're not perfect. And, you know, I see so many people get into this. You know, well, I have to be so perfect. And I can't miss church. I can't do anything because I'm going to go to hell right away. Your redemption with Christ is a lot tougher than man-made church. Now, let me tell you. Those are man-made denomination, denominations. They're run by men. And they're susceptible to certain issues and problems. They have a place. But they don't replace the church, Ecclesia. God isn't coming back for bricks and stones and for a bunch of Baptists, a bunch of Lutherans, and a bunch of Pentecostals. He's coming back for those who are his. Now, if you want to go by a denomination or go by, well, who are you or what are you? Everybody has to have a label. Well, Tower and I are Christ followers, Jesus Christ followers, Yeshua followers to the glory of the Father. That's what we are. No more, no less. That's what we are. And we don't give one two bits about man-made little hen-pecking that they get into. We're Christ followers. The risen Christ. And so Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, well, verse 7 says, And Isaiah said, Take a lump of, thi of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And, of course, when you do that, the science says, and that's what I read earlier, that the lump of figs isn't good enough in itself to heal it. Well, this comes down to the fact that when we're believing in healing, God has a right to intervene supernaturally anytime he wants. And if he says, lay him on there, that's the act of faith, I'm going to heal him. Nowhere did it say that the, that the lump of figs were going to heal him. Nowhere. We just assume it because it says take a lump of figs. And so we assume it being humans, that means that the figs healed him. No, the figs didn't heal him. 
the Lord healed him. He recovered. That is what this is. This is about the authority of the Lord God and how he's related to his people because he loves them. He does not want them destroyed. And it's, he's the same today. That's why he sent his son. He doesn't want the sinners destroyed. Unfortunately, we see Christians getting slaughtered in Nigeria worse than we've ever seen by Muslims extremists. He does not want to kill, have to judge these extremist Muslims. He'd rather have them repent and he will redeem them. But some of them are too far gone. So they will pay the penalty. And it's the same thing in America. America would rather heal this land than judge this land and turn it over to some heathen. He has a lot of Christians here. A lot of Christians and a lot of churches with a lot of good pastors. So take a hint there. I'm not against churches, not against pastors. But we belong to the greater good of Christ. Not man-made doctrines. But the apostolic foundation and everything that Christ laid down. So let me go on. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah... What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, that I shall go, and that I shall go up into the house of the Lord on the third day? And Isaiah said, This sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go backward ten degrees? Now there is a certain way this all worked. and uh, So at any rate, and Hezekiah said, Is the light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees? But nay, let the shadow return backward. Now see, you know, the sun, it, you know, this is, you get in the day, okay? And the sun is going to go down and you have the marks on the dial. And so those are the marks, ten degrees. It's going to go down ten of those. Well, that's nothing. Make it go backward. Now, that would be a miracle. And and I've heard that again, too. I, you know, as an example, you know, in modern day of confirming a word from the Lord. Um, now, in Second Chronicles 32, 24 through 30, here's another In those days Hezekiah was sick unto death and prayed unto the Lord and he spake unto him and he gave him a sign. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him for his heart was lifted up. Therefore there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. Notwithstanding Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart. Both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that the wrath of the Lord came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah had exceeding much riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver and for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all manner of pleasant jewels. Storehouses also for the increase of corn and wine and oil, and stalls for all manner of beasts and coats uh, for flocks. Moreover, he provided him cities and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him substance very much. 
This same Hezekiah also stopped the upper watercourse of Gihon, brought it straight down to the west side of the city of David, and Hezekiah prospered in all of his works. Now this, this tells you another side of the story to Hezekiah. And see, one of the places they would have gotten their riches is from Sennacherib and the Assyrians. Because the angel of the Lord destroyed them and the king took off without his riches. They might have tried to carry some, but there wasn't anybody left. He probably had a few guards that could go with him. Who knows? We don't know how many were left. But uh, the army and everybody was destroyed, but they always carried their pillaging with them. And so their loot. So a lot of this very well could have wound up with Hezekiah. But this shows you how this man was blessed. And, and he was blessed, especially, you know, if your heart gets lifted up in pride. You know, as humans, we have issues with pride. We have issues with a number of things. And that's when we have to look out. Because pride goes before a fall. And when you look and you read this, this is very much a relationship issue between the Lord God and between Israel or Judah. And it's very, very much the same kind of relationship between Christians and the Lord. Now, we're in the new covenant, and we got that way because Yahshua fulfilled the covenant. And we know that as believers today. But we still have this covenant. We still have this relationship. And right now, in, in, in our government today, the one that Biden is running, if you call that running, you have a lot of communists and socialists. Even Brett Hume was interviewed today. And he was talking about another thing, about what was afflicting Joe. And he agreed about Alzheimer's. But he did state that he says we've got to take care of the communists in our own country before we can think about doing something about the communists somewhere else because he had been asked about Cuba. See, the thing of it is, is that that's exactly why they want to destroy America. And it's a threat. And the threat is in here because we've fallen away. Now, we need to repent in America on a wholesale basis. We need the Christians and the churches to repent. And we need to do it to where God recognizes it. And we need to also stand up and tell Joe and his, and his buddies they're not going to get away with it. Then we have to believe God for miracles to turn this thing around. Because we're not going to do it by ourselves, folks. Make no mistake. I've been warning for over two decades of judgment. And in judgment, I ask, Lord, have mercy. You know, we're not ready for America to be destroyed now. Because whether you understand it or not, while many people are so self-consumed with themselves, there are Christians that are getting slaughtered. There are Christians in North Korea that are barely surviving. There is a massive Christian church in China that uh, Ping or Jing or whatever his name is over there pushes to destroy him. And we need to be strong for them. We need to be strong as believers here, and we need to give money and finances and prayers and help the organizations that are helping the believers overseas. Because if we're all dead, if America's destroyed, and there's a communist state here, and we're all in prison, we ain't helping nobody out. Do you hear? 
We need to get this country delivered, and we need it delivered now, and we need the church to wake up. We need our politicians to wake up, and we need to understand that God means business, and if we don't do it the right way here, you ain't going to have nothing left. And see, the thing of it is, here we're talking about a successful thing where Judah was delivered. But the next time they have a major incursion, Hezekiah is not around. <clears throat> but Hezekiah again is also responsible in the fact that uh, he dealt with Babylon in a way he shouldn't have. But he did anyway. And so we all do things that are wrong. We can make mistakes. And you ask anybody of any age that's a Christian and been through things. And they're standing up for Christ. They're doing their best. But there's one thing that the devil knows. He knows everything you've ever done. And he's the accuser. And he'll come back to pester you and bother you so you need to confess those sins. You need to get them out. And then when the devil comes back, they're under the blood. You can rebuke that spirit with power. Understand, we're here. And we're in the same kind of relationship issue with this God as when we're looking at Hezekiah, we're looking at Isaiah. See, you had to be a believer back then too. David confessed his sins. Hezekiah confessed his sins. See, confession of sins wasn't just something we did in the New Testament. There were believers in the Old Testament. That's just the Old Covenant. Christ united us together. Thank God for that. So even on a sickbed, Hezekiah turned and prayed unto the Lord. And if you're ever in a situation on the bed, you turn and pray. And pray to the Lord silently if you can. He will hear. There's a lot of things happening in this whole world. Now, trying to see where we want to go. We're in Isaiah 38.3. And said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Now, the thing I like about this especially, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and done that which is good in thy sight. Now, this has nothing, it says nothing in there about the Sinai Covenant. 
This is a personal thing. I, I walked before you in truth, in my heart. That heart loved you. I was obedient the best way I knew how. And I've done that which is pleasing in your sight. Now see, Paul talks about some of the same stuff. 1 Corinthians 9, 20-27. But the one verse we want to look at is verse 24. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. Now see, up till that time, he says, And unto the Jews I became a Jew, that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain, gain them that are under the law. To, the, to them that are without the law, as without the law, this is the Gentiles, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. And he talks about the race. That's his race. He was very much attuned to those things of what he had to do. Now Hebrews 12.1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Hezekiah laid out the race before God that he had that he had done. Now see, when you're faced with problems, troubles, illness, sickness, one of the things you have to do is be honest. And if you have run a manner that is honorable and truthful, and found in Christ. You need to tell the Lord. Remember I have. I have striven to do this. And these are the things that God is going to be looking at. Because these are real people we're talking about here. Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. That's love in action. So Hezekiah said, Remember what I have done. I have done these things, and I ask you, And, you know, the thing about it is I think it's interesting is that he would have been so excited to be healed that the Lord answered him. Now in 2 Kings 18, 1 through 3, it says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, 
that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. So Ahaz, the nasty king, is, is, uh, is the one that had Hezekiah, the good king. It's hard to believe a good, a good king came out of such a bad king. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign. And he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name also was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. So, I mean, look at that. The daughter of Zechariah. I mean, if this is the prophet. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father did. Now, that's in Kings. And they always tell you this, that they did that which was right. And in this generation in America, let it be said of the Christians and the Christian church that we did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. That when times got tough, we can't be fearful. We can't be timid. We must stand up and we must be counted. Albert Barnes uh, speaks on a lot of this stuff here and he says... Um, he says, when the Lord said, I'll add unto thy days 15 years, he said, this is the only instance in which any man has been told exactly how long he would live. He knew 15 years. No one knows why God specified the time. But when God answered Hezekiah, he gave him a full answer to the prayer. And the promise is a full demonstration, he says, that God is the hearer of prayer and that he can answer it at once. Now, see, this is what I've been emphasizing all along. <clears throat> Personal relationship. God is here. And uh, Albert Barnes also says, we learn here that it is right for a friend of God to pray for life. In times of sickness, even when there are indications of a fatal disease, it is not improper to pray that the disease may be removed and the life prolonged. And I believe that. I believe God is a God of miracles and a, and a healer. And this is where we need to stand tall. Because there's a lot of things that come at us. You know, they're all worried about COVID and everything else. And their only protection is a mask. Well, our protection is the Son of God, and by his stripes we have been healed. Past tense. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless those that hear this whenever they hear it. That you would bless them, watch over them, and that you would keep them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. And so that is getting in there. Okay, Tower. Hi, how are you? Doing good. That was a good word of the Lord. And boy, it really struck my heart when you said if America would get in there. 
the churches and the Christians. I believe that we could turn this nation around. Yeah, I think we can. And uh, and that's all we can do is is pray and hope. That's right. So, folks, if you're listening to this, pass it on to those that you know to listen. And you start praying, as we've talked about in this. This is important. Amen. Because we're fumbling around here. And, you know, it's like... uh, Three Ring Circus up in Washington, D.C. The center ring is Pelosi. One outer ring is the Republicans. And the other outer ring is the border. And none of it makes any sense. And that's the way Satan works. We need to be instructed. We need to look to the Lord. And we need to get serious. And he will raise people up. And they will get through the clutter. That's the way God always works. Amen. So with that. Well at any rate. Not quite the weekend. Will be. Yeah it will be. And uh. You know, when we go through Isaiah, I've I've never failed to find how it relates to our Christian lives today. That's true. And I'm really struck by his prayers and his reaction. And I like when he spread out the paper before the Lord. And I've made this point several times. I don't want to belabor it, but... Man, when you start doing that, you know, people today in America, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm laying it out so the Lord to read. Well, doesn't he know it already? After all, he is om- omniscient. <laughs> yeah, he is. But he's looking for faith. And if he sees you opening it up like Hezekiah did, he knows you believe he exists. For without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. When Hezekiah did that, he said, I know you are. I know you're here with me. I know you hear me. And I know you can see this. And here's the document. That's faith. And God responds to faith. We're going to have to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We love you. We pray for you. We hope the best for you. And keep looking up because your redemption draws nigh. Shalom. Don't forget to go by our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Till next time, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.